so switching the subject a little bit, when you're, we, like, it, uh, this is a technical meditation question. When you're in medit, when you're meditating, mm-hmm. and say PT comes up, what's the instruction there? You just watch it and have equanimity with it, and wait till it settles into sukha. Yeah, allow it. Allow it to. De- yes, just okay. The question is, uh, when you're in meditation, thank you very much. Uh, when you're in meditation and PT comes up, what is the proper way to react to it? Um, well, when it first begins to come up, the most important thing is to keep on doing what caused it to come up. What's PT? Joy, meditative joy, uh, joy and happiness. Uh, literally, the word PT means joy, but in meditation, it's also uh, accompanied by uh, appearance of a, a light, often. Uh, sometimes by sound, very often by sensations of uh, energy moving in the body. So from a technical point of view, all of these are a part of PT. But the essence of PT is is the joy, and that is uh, amongst the first and the last aspects of it. So, so when PT first begins to arise, what's most important is to keep on doing what caused it to arise and allow it to, to strengthen. But uh, that doesn't mean ignoring it because the, the experience of that joy and pleasure is going to, it has the effect of further enhancing your ability to focus and to stay clear. You know, the, the joy itself keeps you alert and and the happiness makes it easier for your mind to stay focused. Mm-hmm. So, so you don't totally disregard it, but you don't leave what you're doing and go focus on the PT right away. When it becomes strong enough, sometimes you can do that. Um, and you can practice a light form of the jhanas. When the PT becomes, when your mind, when the PT comes and, and you feel it there, and your mind is is quite focused and still, then you can abandon the breath and take the pleasantness. Just take the pleasantness, maybe take pleasantness located somewhere in your body, or maybe just take that feeling of happiness that seems to be rising in your mind, and make that your meditation object. And it will either when you do that, it will either fade, meaning you've got to go back to doing a practice before and bring it back again. But if it's strong enough and established well enough, when you do that, it will grow more and more intense. And then you can just surrender into it and, and enter into the first absorption, which is where there's... Uh, I don't need to go into explaining the jhanas, but it's the first absorption. And you can strengthen your concentration tremendously in that. You can sit there for some period of time, whether it's a minute or two or half an hour, absorb into the PT. And, and by doing that, you, this is a very intense training period in your mind. And your concentration is going to be significantly improved every time that you're able to do this. So it's worth doing. But ultimately, you still want to go back to further developing the concentration, focusing on the breath, and letting the PT continue to develop. 
And the first little hints of joy and pleasure that come up will sooner or later be accompanied by strong uh, feelings of energy moving in the body uh, and or a sensation of light behind your closed eyes, which can become very intense and very like, oh wow, fantastic. Or it can just be some light orbs that kind of float around and expand and contract with your breath. It takes different forms, but they can be quite amazing. Uh, and other aspects of PT. Now, when that happens, you want to let that continue to develop because you're going to do, you're going to reach a whole new level of PT that goes way beyond what you first experienced. Mm. And that comes about by just you know you, you've used the PT to enhance your concentration. Now you're going back to using the concentration to let the PT go to the next level. Um, when PT becomes fully developed, it becomes so intense and so exciting that you almost can't stand to keep sitting there. And you can also think that, oh, this has got to be it. You know, if this isn't the ultimate bliss, then I can't imagine what it would be. I, you know, and uh, it can be that intense. But still, the thing to do is to just keep on steadily in your practice, and that intensity of both the physical sensations and of, of the mental energy and the joy will begin to subside, subside and it will develop in its place a profound sense of tranquility and a kind of equanimity that uh, be uh, probably beyond what you've experienced before. Really profound equanimity. And that tranquility and equanimity is very important. Of the seven factors of enlightenment, Joy, tranquility, and equanimity constitute three of them, mm. and they're the they're, first. You develop the, the uh, uh, concentration and the mindful awareness, and then comes the pity, and then the tranquility and the equanimity. So then, the the last two are uh, uh, investigation and diligence. So, uh, which are really the application of this. So PT is very important, but how you deal with it, you know, and it's it's not it's not a simple answer. It's you 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 work with it. If you go to it too soon, it's going to go away. So you go back with the meditation and strengthen it. But you can, when you can go to it, you can use the PT to strengthen the concentration. But ultimately, ultimately, you've got to continue to develop your concentration and awareness, and the PT is. Um, kind of a side effect that you've got to let develop. Yeah, not actually a side effect so much, but in a sense it was it was the purpose all along. Because um, that pity, that joy, is a reflection of your mind becoming unified. Your mind, as I've mentioned to you, is many different mental processes going on simultaneously all with different functions, all with different agendas, and sometimes in conflict with each other. And even those times in meditation when your mind has seemed so calm and still, there's still been all these different processes going on, and not, and, and not in any sort of coherent, synchronized, cooperative way. When the more your mind becomes unified, unified in the sense that all these different processes are either directed towards the same goal and purpose, 
or at least aren't conflicting with each other, then the stronger the sense of piti that arises. So your concentration has been for the purpose of, of arriving at unification in mind. And the piti that arises is the indication that there is a degree of unification that has been achieved. And so you use, you use the PT to further unify the mind. Because, of course, when the mind feels good and happy, uh, it, uh, it stops struggling against itself. And that's how it strengthens the concentration. But our minds are complex enough that there's still, there's still your mind is not as unified as you think it is uh, until you reach that level of, uh, uh, of PT that's so strong that, you know, it's just... Uh, you know, it, it feels like it's going to knock you out of your meditation, and, uh, and it does. A lot of times, you just have to get up and go tell somebody that. Oh, I can't believe what meditation I just had. <laughs> you know. Can I say one thing really no, quick? So I like it happened several years ago. I had one that like this experience of joy where I was, it, it, like it took over and it was lasted mm-hmm. for quite a while, and I yeah. haven't. I wasn't really try. I didn't know what it was or what was going on, and I wasn't trying for it. And so, and that was a while, a long time yeah. ago. But now I've been working with these steps and everything, and I felt coldness coming on my arm the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure if it was coldness or something else. Yeah. And then um, yesterday, it, it came, it came in my arm, but then there was an implosion throughout my body, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, that's PT. That is. And then. I thought, oh, PT makes the mind chatter, and because I started going commenting, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it starts the narrative. <laughs> and so then I said, oh, stop that or something. So then I stopped. I let the mental chatter go, and then it came back stronger. And I thought, oh, that's how you control it, or you can you can manage it mm-hmm. in that way. That was right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You're, you know, the part of your mind that tells the story of your life can't resist talking to you about this. PT that okay. comes up. <laughs> okay, yeah, so it's like, well, can it arise at any stage, or is it just for... It can arise at any stage. Uh, and some people will start off meditating, and they'll have a strong PT experience, and they'll end up chasing that. And, and uh, some people go a long, long time and never have it, and they'll hear these other people say, what's the matter with me? Why isn't that happening to me? Um, it, what's important isn't whether... PT arises or not on any one occasion. It's whether you learn to create the conditions for unification of mind. And as you get more and more skilled at creating those conditions, PT will arise more and more consistently because that's that's what its cause lies in. So it's more common at later stages, or where yes, would you? Yes, as, as your concentration in, or or? as your concentration improves, you're more likely to have periods of, of PT, and then uh, and then when it becomes strong enough and lasts long enough, you can make use of it. The first arising of PT can often be not recognized because, uh, yeah, you, you said your hand feels cold. People will feel like, you know, there's, what's happening? There's ants crawling up and down my back, you know, right? Or they'll have this itchy sensation all over their, their, their scalp. Or they'll feel like their body is falling over and they'll kind of check and say, well, no, it isn't, you know, but I feel that way. Um, or 
One of the things that happens to me is I, I sit like this, and my thumbs will just start twitching like crazy, and my mouth will start to salivate. And, you know, mm. things like that. so it has these these unusual physical things that are often its forerunner. And if you discipline yourself to just stay with the object and let that be, you know, so. My thumbs want to twitch, let them twitch. My mouth wants to water, let it water. My hand feels cold, my hand feels cold. And just keep going. Then you'll start to get, the, uh, it'll, it'll become stronger and develop more fully. Sometimes I have, when I meditate, it's really a strange sensation, and maybe it's what you're talking about. It's, it's kind of like my upper body just kind of lifts. I can't, it'll, it's, it's mm-hmm. the best I can describe is when you go down a hill real quick when you're a kid, remember, in a car, you mm-hmm. go down a hill and your stomach would kind of rise. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel that, but it's not in my stomach, it's more in the upper torso. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a, it's a, it's a quick rise, mm-hmm. and, the, and then it goes down. It's just momentarily, right. but I get that, and it's like I'm kind of just uplifted somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, is that part of what we're talking about? Um, it uh, is. Good chance that it is. Very likely that it is. If it is, as your concentration deepens, then you'll probably experience a stronger sense of that, and you may, you may actually, your body may actually jerk upwards when that happens. You know. Mm-hmm. So, so what the, what this is probably is, I can't say for certain, but what it probably is, is a foretaste of the particular way that the bodily aspect of PT manifests, is going to manifest in you. Yes? Is Piti then related to the Hindu concept of Kundalini? To which? The, the Kundalini concept yeah. in Hindu... Okay. Can you repeat that question? Yeah. Is, is Piti related to the Kundalini? Yes. Uh, kundalini, Chi, Inner Winds, Prana, all of these mm-hmm. things are... They are the physical energy aspect of Piti. And if in your meditation practice you focus on those particularly, you know, then they become much stronger and more evident. Or if you've been doing other things, like somebody that does qigong a lot, or teach a lot of Chinese people, and they do a lot of qigong and tai chi. Uh, and it's interesting, they rarely experience the light, but they always experience the energy movements, mm-hmm. powerful, you know, and that's what they'll say in a meditation report is, mm-hmm. wow, the chi in my body is, you know, I've never felt it moving like this before, and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So the other things that you do will predispose it to appearing in, in particular ways. And if you, if you were following a, a kundalini practice, then your practice is going to direct you the very earliest sensations of chi are going to lead you to focus in such a way that chi takes the form of kundalini rising. Yeah, I, I'm asking this because in my training as a yoga teacher way, way back, I was um, I did kundalini yoga in the beginning and my teacher didn't recognize that I was not yet ready. I had a very, very bad experience with that kundalini coming up. Like for a year long, I couldn't touch even anything related to yoga, meditation, things. My nervous system was like that. So I was wondering, it's much safer through meditation experience, mm-hmm. the stages of where it goes, than being jumped into it and, yeah. and it was a blow up, you know? Yeah. Okay. It is much safer mm-hmm. in meditation and to let it develop on its own mm-hmm. without, without forcing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, one of the things I'll remind you of, all these feelings in your body are actually happening in your mind. 
you know. So keep that, keep yeah. keep that in your awareness. Yeah. That you, it, it may be convenient to visualize uh, energy currents uh, and, and, and prana and things like that, but this is just your mind creating a picture to describe sensations that your mind is generating as well. So they're, they're all in your mind. So um, I find that the best way to deal with it in meditation is to let it develop and only intervene. Like there will be what appear to be blockages. You'll, you'll feel energy movement and and appear to be blocked, and it will be painful. You may feel a blockage in your throat or a knot in your chest. That just you know, you reach a certain point in your meditation, and it's like there's just something gripping in your in your chest. Or you know, it can be anywhere in your body, and it can move around. Now, when those blockages become distracting to you and keep you from focusing on your meditation, continuing with it, then you apply the principle that energy follows awareness. So, if you've got a blockage here and the energy's not moving past there, then you direct your attention to there, you direct your attention to the energy that's moving, and you just, by by following it with your mind, you allow it to start moving past that blockage. Or sometimes you just focus on where the blockage is and uh, meditate it on in an objective way. And just the fact that your awareness is focused in that part of your mind's body map is going to affect the way the energy, where the mind's representation of energy moves in its own body map. But most of the rest of the time, you just kind of let it go on itself, on its own. Uh, if you're a person that has a lot of strong energy movement, there's a very common kind of thing that happens. At some point, like there will be a feeling of energy moving up your spine, like Kundalini, up to up to your head, and then you know those uh, old-fashioned juice coolers where they got a big plastic tank and it shoots the juice up and it kind of goes. Oh. You know what I'm talking about? Oh. It's like an energy well, like fountain so coolers. The energy goes up to the top of your head, and then you have this oh, so delightful feeling that just goes over your entire body, and you have uh, the, that's the bliss of physical pliancy is what that is mm. called, and yes. it's accompanied with a very powerful sense of joy and happiness too. So. But you don't need to chase those things; they'll either happen for you, or if they don't, something better will happen for you. So, but pity, pity. Is it as a poly word, or a Tiki Sanskrit? is it's a poly word? Yes, um, there's a Sanskrit and equivalent. the Sanskrit equivalent. Yes. Sanskrit equivalent. I'm not sure exactly how it's pronounced, but it's spelled with an R, P, R with a dot over it, T I. Pretty. Pretty, I think, is how it's said. Yeah, like pretty, like roll of your tongue a little bit. Pretty. <laughs> Is there a Tibetan word too? I'm sure there is. Let me see if I know the Tibetan. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I can't think okay. of it offhand if I if mm-hmm. I do. In the uh, in the classic description of this, <clears throat> there are these stages of 
physical pliancy or mental pliancy, that's where you develop the concentration that allows these things to happen. And uh, concentration becomes effortless and you begin to experience the joy and the preliminary physical sensations. And that leads to a stage called physical pliancy because your body becomes really stable uh, and comfortable and there's no pain. You can sit. When physical pliancy arises, you can sit for many hours without any discomfort. Uh, then the next thing that arises is uh, called the bliss of physical pliancy, which that fountain experience would be an example of. Uh, it takes other forms, though. Uh, my favorite is that the physical pliancy, uh, the perception of your body changes. And I have often had the experience with sitting in meditation when the when this bliss of physical pliancy arises, that I feel like I'm standing up. I feel like I'm standing in that posture there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's because I've always had these Buddha images around me and I really like them a lot or what it is, but I feel, I no longer feel like I'm sitting down. I feel like I'm, I'm standing up. And my body just seems, you know, I, I feel like if I could see my body, it would be so beautiful and glowing with light and wonderful and everything. So that's, that's the bliss of physical pliancy, very pleasant sensations in the body. And then the bliss of mental pliancy, which is the full development of the, of the joy and, and happiness, you know. Uh, it's, a, it's a very excited kind of joyfulness, as I said. And it's interesting because it doesn't, there's not much your mind wants to account for it. And there's not a lot to account for it, mm-hmm. except the, you know, sort of like, oh, this is, I'm doing such a great meditation, you know, I've succeeded. It's sort of, it's a, maybe kind of a success joy. Aha, I've achieved it. I'm at the top of the mountain. I'm there now, you know, that, that kind of a, a joyful feeling. So there's those four stages. And then what follows is uh, the subsiding of, uh, of the bliss of physical pliancy. So this all kind of, the, you know, all the physical stuff fades into the background. And then there is a subsiding of the intensity of the joy of, uh, the, uh, the intensity of mental pliancy, bliss of mental pliancy. Um, so it doesn't disappear entirely, but it subsides. And this is where the tranquility and the equanimity arise and become very, very strong. What's so important about this is that this is the stage where the mind is perfectly suited to have that experience, that definitive transforming experience that we talk about, stream entry, the Magapala or Dasana Marga. Um, and what is important, you know, it's not enough just to come to the state and have a lot of equanimity. You also have to have deep insight. And that's where what we were talking about earlier. You have to, you know, you have to have understood that yourself is empty. You have to have understood that the objects that you see and cling to are projections of your mind. Then, having understood that, you have to have 
tested that out over and over again in your experience. You've had to see that things are empty when you're walking down the street. You've had to see that things are empty when you were having an argument with somebody. You've had to see that things are empty when you're falling asleep at night. You had to see that things were empty when you were eating lunch. You have to have this experience of reinforcing that, ah, yeah, this idea that I learned actually applies in this situation as well. It's called the, it's called the stage of overcoming doubt. It's the stage of, of, uh, of developing the view, which is where you intellectually understand that, ah, now I know what they're talking about. Or at least I think I do. And then there's the stage where you keep testing it. Well, if that's really true, then what about this? You know, and, and so on and so forth. The stage of reflection, the stage of testing. Uh, and this is called, uh, and this constitutes the stage of overcoming doubt. You overcoming, do you overcome doubt through questioning, through probing, through thinking about, it, and through trying it out? Like, wow, if this is really empty right now, what does that mean? You know, mm. what about these people I'm seeing? This place that I am, you know, and you test it out and say, yeah, I can see. My mind's projecting this. It's not necessarily the way I see it at all. That prepares your mind. And then in the course of your meditation, you will have you'll have a whole variety of experiences that are basically really powerful affirmations of that. You know, you'll have some form of uh, 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 you know, like, wow, this is this is impermanence, or you know, you're in meditation and your mind keeps grasping and clinging to one thing or another, and suddenly it's like, wow, this is this is what those noble truths mean that uh, uh, craving and grasping are a cause of suffering. Even the most subtle dissatisfaction I'm having during a not-too-bad meditation is due to craving and grasping. And then you see it, and then it comes real, and then makes it even easier to go out there. So you prepare the mind in this way. You prepare the mind intellectually, intuitively. Your worldview begins to reflect this understanding. Then when you develop a deep stage of equanimity, then you're ready. Then, then, then your mind can penetrate beyond its ongoing fabrication of the illusion that you live in. So PT is an extremely important aspect of what happens and tool for getting there. Very important part of the process. But as soon as it arises, even its most subtle forms, which you might not recognize as PT. When you sit down to meditate, and boy, it feels it feels really comfortable to sit here today. Huh. Wow, it's, I never noticed before how good it feels just to sit, yeah. and and that sort of pleasant feeling in your mind. Those are subtle, very subtle aspects. I mean, you wouldn't really call them PT technically, but they are of the same nature. And by allowing yourself to recognize those and, and nurture those, then that will improve. That will improve the process of uh, focus and awareness, leading to unification of mind. So, very important to always cultivate that, and notice that, and let it become a part of your awareness. Uh, and it will accelerate your process. Whenever you find yourself feeling. Restless and annoyed and disappointed, and you know, how come I keep doing this and nothing gets any better? Say, ah, that's the kind of thought that 
keeps the pleasure from arising that will make the difference in my concentration. Mm-hmm. You know, the, that the satisfaction uh, reinforce it. I found very, very interesting. Um, there's a positive psychologist by the name of Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi, funny name, but who has for many years studied happiness. Mm-hmm. And he has studied and written about a phenomenon that he calls flow. And he's interviewed all kinds of people, and he's had people go around with this little device that they wear that every so often beeps, and they have to uh, record what they're doing and what their state of happiness is on scale and so forth. And basically, he, he has discovered PT. He has discovered that the most intense state of happiness occurs whenever an individual is completely focused on something and the more completely focused and absorbed they are. And, in the, and, and the interesting thing in the book he wrote, which is entitled Flow, there are a lot of quotes from people that experience this very strongly. And you read those, and then you go and you read the descriptions in the meditation literature, and they're word for word the same. <laughs> <laughs> they're exactly the same. So he's found that, you know, uh, uh, surgeons, for example, there are some surgeons that, you know, the height of their life is surgery because they're totally focused, they forget everything else, and they're filled with this blissful serenity, and they just do their work, and, and they're, you know, unattached. But he's even found uh, assembly line workers that experience the same thing. Rare, but there is an account in his book of an assembly line worker who says, I get totally absorbed in what I'm doing, and nothing else matters, and I become so happy and blissful, you know, and I could work all day like this. You know. yeah. so. The quality of absorption, where everything else is out of the way. What's that? That's the quality of absorption yes. in that activity, and everything else is That's right. absent. Yeah. Everything else is absent. That's right. Yeah. Hmm. And, and piti is, of course, a jhana factor. It's present in the first two jhanas. And then the pleasure that we talked about, the happiness, that's present in the first three of, of the jhanas. And the jhanas are absorptions that, you know, they're different from the surgeon's absorptions or the, any of these other absorptions that we talk about, in that they're the result of training uh, and uh, they're not. They're independent of what you become absorbed into. So you can be become absorbed into some something that some simple experience that serves as an object. But and when I talk to you about entering into the light jhanas, you'd be entering into the first absorption, and that will that experience of sitting there in absorption, which is deep concentration with strong pity, will. Subsequently, your mind now knows how to develop that degree of concentration. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's easier to concentrate subsequently as a result of it. Mm-hmm. 